and welcome back to Big Blue Avenue, our season premiere, a brand new season. I'm Tom Scavetta, joined alongside Sam Cardona. Sam, welcome back. Both excited to be here. How are you doing tonight? We're just four days away from kickoff week one, Sunday night football. I'm excited. I'm so, so, so excited to have the Giants back on our screen again, especially first game right out the gate, primetime, divisional game, uh, winnable game. I'm so, so excited for this, and I'm excited to be back with you, Tom. It's, it's, it was a long offseason without Big Blue Avenue. It was, and we're excited to be back. Excited to be back with you as well, Sam. And for those of you folks watching, if you are brand new to this show, if you're a returning watcher, viewer, welcome back. We appreciate all of you. Um, feel free to drop in any questions or comments you may have throughout the course of the show tonight. But if you're new and want to know what this show is about, we talk about the New York football giants. Um, we recap the previous week a little bit. We go over uh, our players of the week, this and that. We have guests on all the time. We've had license plate guy on in the past, Antoine Bethay. Um, and even if you're not a Giants fan, this is a good show um, to watch because, to be honest, Sam, half of our fans really aren't even Giants fans. So <laughs> that's what's really fun about the show. We bring fans of other fan bases together to watch content on the New York football Giants, which is pretty sweet, pretty awesome. So I'm very For proud sure. to say that. Definitely, definitely. I mean, we, we bring in people from all the opposing teams. You know, we bring in guests. We have divisional rivals on here. You know, like, it's it's a fun time. So even if you're not a diehard Giants fan or Giants fan at all, we're we're just vibing out over here. So come on down. Keep on watching. We, we have fun here. Absolutely. And speaking of fun, Garth, Michael Hello, Patrick Paul. with a woo, let's go. Welcome, Garth, to the comments section. Make sure to go check Garth out on the Sports Box Sweet Tea Show. Get all your college football talk there. Uh, folks, if you like what you're watching or have watched in the past and you're a returning guest who has not subscribed yet, please do below. There's our social media on the ticker. We're on YouTube, Twitter, at Big Blue Avenue, and we are on Facebook Live as well during the season. This is a sub-show of the brand review and preview sports. So, Sam, let's get right into the thick of it. Let's waste little time here. Our key off-season takeaways for the New York football Giants. And the first thing that I want to say is that the Giants returned seven players on each side of the ball that started last season. I'm not including Isaiah Hodgins on offense. So the Giants returned 33 total players from our initial 53-man roster last year that includes a pair of rookies starting at corner alongside Adoree Jackson um, that includes rookie center John Michael Schmitz Jalen Hyatt Bobby O at linebacker Nacho Darren Waller who the Giants acquired in the offseason Sam it was a busy busy offseason for the Giants and my biggest key takeaway is how much Joe Shane really attempted to improve the depth of this roster without giving away valuable resources. For sure. I mean, let's also just give props to Joe Shane for financially being able to deal with this multiple contracts with DJ, with Saquon, 
Um, I mean, the fact that we were still we still have Saquon on our team right now is a huge accomplishment. Um, and maneuvering the money so that we could have these guys on our team, as well as bringing in these new rookies, as well as having a very good draft for the second year in a row, I'd like to say. And all around, I mean, he, our GM has just been doing a very good job managing this team. Our head coach is doing well, at, you know, also just making sure that everybody is where they need to be and, and you know, in terms of the roster and everything like that. I mean, just the fact that 20 new people are on this roster is very, very hopeful for me, at least. I'm, I'm very excited to see what ends up happening with all this, but I feel so confident. I don't know if it's, if it's just that week one, you know, hopefulness. I feel so confident and, and I don't, I didn't feel like this as much last year. I was confident last year, but I feel even more confident than I was last year's week one. Yeah, I think definitely confidence is a great thing to have being the Giants really improved their receiving core. I'm not saying it's great by any means. It's not great yet, but the Giants did acquire Darren Waller via trade with the Las Vegas Raiders this offseason. They signed Paris Campbell, who Mm -hmm. has worked out with Daniel Jones in the past. They both came in the league together back in 2019. And most importantly, they drafted Jalen Hyatt in the third round of the NFL draft, a first round talent so i'm very excited about that and let's get right into it our rookie cornerbacks deontay banks and trey hawkins sam both starting week one against the dallas cowboys on sunday night football uh what do you think about not just them starting but adoree jackson moving inside to the slot this year i think that could be a pretty good transition but with two rookie corners it's not going to be sunshine and flowers in week one. For sure. For sure. I think I'd like to think that Adori is a veteran enough at this point to be able to show guys like Banks and Hawkins, you know, where he was able to accomplish things in that, in that role where he was able to, you know, do things well, what mistakes he made and kind of like teach them a little bit because it is a little scary to have, you know, the corners being two rookies, but I'd like to think, I mean, Deontay Banks was such a good grab for us in, in the first round. Um, there were so many good corners in this draft and, and he was the best one available when, when we got him. And I'd like to think that, there will be those week one, you know, they're rookies, you know, it's bound to happen. But I'd like to think that Adori will also just be there to help them out as a vet, as someone who's been in that role before, to lead them in a way that will help shape them, you know, through the, the weeks go on and on. But I again, hopeful, confident. I feel like there there's a lot of potential with these two guys, especially Deontay Banks. I'm very, very excited to see him play. And especially if Trey Hawkins pans out, that'll be a sixth-round pick that panned out for Joe Shane. Um, The fact that he's starting is a big deal because the Giants drafted Cordell Flott in the third round in 2022, and they drafted Darnay Holmes in the fourth round in 2020. Holmes, a guy who really no longer fits the scheme, but Trey Hawkins is a sixth-round rookie who is starting in week one against the Dallas Cowboys. Now, some more comments here, Sam. Deanna Karen saying, let's go big blue. Who's that guy in the picture there? 
Oh, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> For a second, I was like, oh, no. no. <laughs> All good. Shout out to my girlfriend for tuning in. One of the biggest supporters of the show. Really appreciate that. Um, <laughs> thank you, Deanna. Andy Ew. Hopper, a Chicago Bears fan. Good to see you guys back. Hyped for week one. Think the G-Men have a legit shot at taking down Dallas on Sunday. I've got Waller and DJ on a couple of my fantasy. Yeah. DJ nice. the popular fantasy pick this year. Yeah. Waller too. Waller was mm-hmm. up there. He he got slipped. He got slipped right from under me. Both my leagues. Both of my leagues. I was so angry. I wanted him in at least one, but I didn't get him. Is that our league? That you didn't get him? Was that the Eddie McQuaid pick? Yes. Yeah. Yes. He took Waller for me. And then when I was drafting again last yeah. night, it happened again. I literally <sighs> had him queued up and somebody took him. And I was like, I just wanted Darren Waller. The Bills tight end is supposed to be pretty good. That's a solid backup to stash. Dalton Kincaid. I think he'll yes. pan out nicely this year. Kevin Mondello saying, let's go Giants. Thank you very much, Kevin. Uh, appreciate you watching and your support is always. Good friend of mine. Primo Miller. Hola, team. Joe and Dave so far have proven to be professional adults in the building. For Brian sure. Abel, coach of the year. Sure coach is. of the year. Brock Vaney saying, Danny Dimes, baby. Thank you, Brock. Really first-time commenter. Uh, Primo as well. Both of you guys. Thank you very much for commenting. We're big Daniel Jones fans here, but we do yeah. keep it real at the same time. Um, let's get into John Michael Schmitz. Sam, second-round rookie out of Minnesota. He He's an adult. He's 24-year-old rookie. You don't see many of those. Played six years in college for the Golden Gophers and played with just one quarterback all six of those years. He started five of those six years, and I'm really excited. I mean, this is a huge upgrade over John Feliciano from last season. Um, him and the, the Shane Lemieux combination at center did not really work out, or Nick Gates, I should say, Harden. I'm really excited. This guy looked good in the preseason, going up against Dexter Lawrence in practice every day. JMS, I think, is going to have a good rookie campaign. He will struggle at times, but I'm very excited, and he was the best center in this year's draft. I'm so happy we finally addressed this position. So happy. I mean, we have been struggling last year with Feliciano, who obviously really wasn't fitting in as much as we wanted him to as a former Bill, but... um, yeah, I am so happy that we were able to address this issue um, and to have somebody like John Michael Schmitz get drafted by us, which is which is awesome. But I'm really hoping that, I mean, we've been slowly working on this line, like over these past couple of years. And we got, you know, uh, Andrew Thomas, then we got Evan Neal, and now we're back in the Senate. And like, we're just slowly making this line like an amazing brick wall for DJ. And we've talked about it for so long about how much we just Daniel Jones just needs the time. That's all he needs. He just needs the time and he's going to be great. And I feel like it's finally here, especially with the center. I mean, yeah, there will be again with rookies, it's going to happen, but I'd like to think that through training camp and over the summer, you know, they've created a bond with each other. Cause that is special. You know, the, the center and the quarterback need to have, you know, a good relationship with one another. Cause they're going to be working literally on every play together. So I'd like to think John Michael Schmitz is, is going to be one of these final pieces to this offensive line because I'm, I'm feeling it, Tom. I'm feeling it. It's yeah. going to be a brick wall. Um, 
Yeah, definitely still a little bit of concern at the two guard spots with Bredesen and Glowinski, but they're serviceable players. They don't need to be superstars. They just need to be average. And if both of them are average this year, the Giants' O-line should be great. I think the biggest X factor is Evan Neal, in my personal opinion. So Mm -hmm. he needs to take a a big jump in year number two. I think he'll make a significant jump. Mm -hmm. Um, He's also lost a little bit of weight as well. Um, So I'm very excited about that. Now, we know the Giants improved the receiving core in the offseason. We mentioned Darren Waller already. They signed Paris Campbell to a one-year deal from the Colts. Uh, young talent with a lot of promise who's dealt with a lot of injuries throughout his first four NFL seasons. And now Jalen Hyatt, who really showed flashes in the preseason. How long, Sam, do you think until Jalen Hyatt starts? Right now he's slated behind Slayton, Hodgins, and Campbell. I really want your take on this because I think by week four, week five, he's going to be in there starting. I I would agree with that. I would agree. You know, having those reps within a game, not starting, but within a game where we see his superstar potential, because I do think Jalen Hyatt is going to be someone for us that is, you know, kind of how Isaiah Hodgins is is molding into this wide receiver one, a star wide receiver who we've we've lacked for many years at this point. And I have a feeling he's going to fall into this similar role. I mean, when Hodgins came in too, we were just like, all right, I guess we'll see what happens. And, you know, he ended up being a huge asset for us. So I think I would agree. Week four seems like a good slot that, you know, Dable's going to see his potential. DJ's going to see his potential. And they're going to want him in there as much as possible, as soon as possible. So I would agree. Yeah. And especially to the Giants after week one, they'll have two games on the West Coast in Arizona who might be the worst team in football this year, and then San Francisco. So uh, that's week two. Team. No, uh, far from it. Week two and week three. We have some more comments. Want to get to them. Brian McCardle, a Bucks fan. Uh, Brian, um, I won't be late to our college football show tonight. I promise you and Andy. <laughs> uh, it's not a real fantasy draft unless you're forced to watch a dream pick slip through your hands just before your selection. So true. Brian McArdle is the host of From the Stand Sports US. Make sure to go check us out. Just three dudes talking college football. Guy from Florida, New York, and Illinois get together once a week. <laughs> talk about college football. Have a lot of Coach Prime talk tonight. Deion mm. Sanders getting his first win. Noah Dog Dibler, resident Atlanta Falcons fan. What's up, Noah? Big supporter of the show. The New York Bulldogs are back in <laughs> I think you missed that. That's supposed to be the Philadelphia Bulldogs because their entire roster is Georgia. That's right. (laughs) Carter, Davis, Nolan. I mean, they're just insanely stacked. Worlds TV. What is up, Worlds? I believe this is my coworker from CBS commenting. Giants over Cowboys. Dak throws two interceptions. Worlds is a 49ers fan. So there you go. No joke. Noah loves Evan Neal. He's been taking tips from Andrew Thomas. It's always good to learn from a future Hall of Famer. It's always good to see an Alabama player learn from a Georgia player as well, right, Noah? Because Georgia, lately, they've been the superior team. Eddie Atkinson, Colts fan, chiming in. Hyatt starts by week three, week four. Agree. 
Yep. I agree a hundred percent. Unfortunately though, I think it might be due to an injury because the giants have some injury prone receivers on their roster. So, but hopefully that's not the case, but we got new turf. We did the artificial turf so, <laughs> or artificial grass, I think. Right. Yeah. Which is still turf, but it's an improved version of turf. So uh, Noah's a big fan of Hyatt too. Primo says Danny Dollars will be as great as our O-line allows him to be. 100% right. Let's go, yep. G-Men. <laughs> birds <laughs> throwing shades at birds. We don't have to worry about the birds until December. So no, no birds. Love all our fans. Awesome comments. Sam, let me ask you this. Which rookie, and I asked you this question last year on our show, which rookie will have the biggest impact this season? Do, I don't even remember who I said last year. Do you remember who I said? I think you said Kayvon. Or okay. no, you said Evan Neal. Oh, okay. That would make sense. I said Kayvon. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, this year I'm I'm going with Jalen Hyatt. I really feel like we know we're we're already talking about he's not starting, but we're trying to figure out when he's going to start because that's the type of potential that he has. Um, you know, I just kind of gushed about him before, but I feel like he's going to have a huge impact on this team and, you know, be this substantial wide receiver that we've been waiting so long for. And we're slowly starting to get with, you know, Hodgins and them. But like, you know, we, we even talked about it, you know, Sterling Shepard, as much as we love him, he's, he's dwindling away and, and we need to, you know, shift this reign. You know, it's, it's time for these new guys to come in for younger and stronger talent. But um, I definitely feel like he's going to make a huge impact on the field, uh, be wide open for DJ when he needs him and, and he's speedy. So that's always he's good. Fast. I think he ran like a four, three. Yeah. He is a fast dude. My pick, um, I was torn between the top two, but ultimately I'm going to go with John Michael Schmitz, our starting Mm -hmm. center. Um, Giants have not had a good starting center in a while, at least to the NFL average centers. I think JMS will struggle at times. He's going to have bad games, but I think the good games are going to outweigh the bad games. And personally, I think he plays the most important position on the offensive line outside of left tackle. I mean, I think him and yeah. Daniel Jones are going to be working directly together. I think Jones's success as a viewer, I think Primo, it was said earlier, Jones's success depends on his offensive line success. So if John Michael Schmitz plays well, I think Daniel Jones plays well too. I agree. So that is my pick second round pick too, which remember Joe Shane Worried that the Bears traded up one spot in front of them to draft the center, and it was a corner instead. So we dodged a huge bullet there. Thanks, Chicago. Uh, Yep. Thanks, Andy. Entering year two of this regime, Joe Shane, Trader Shane, might as well call him, or Trader Joe's, literally. (laughs) Trader Joe's. Made three serious trades this offseason, not just for Darren Waller, but for two guys on defense, Sam, Isaiah Simmons. And Boogie Basham. Boogie Basham, former Buffalo Bill, very raw, not the best pass rusher, but a solid player that can improve his play on their wing scheme. And Isaiah Simmons, who I think is going to play all over the place. But I do want to warn fans, I've seen a lot of this um, over the past couple of weeks since he's been on the team. A lot of people are penciling him, him in to start at linebacker. Don't expect that to be the case. It's going to be Bobby O and Mike McFadden, most likely. 
um, as the two starting linebackers this year. Simmons is going to play the role of the Landon Collins last year, Tony Jefferson. He's going to play all over the place. That's just my opinion. But what do you think, Sam? Do you think he's going to be like that positionless guy, or do you think they're going to put him at one position? And- uh, no, I, I feel like they, they see that potential of him being able to go in multiple different places. And unless he really shines somewhere like linebacker or wherever it is that they're like, wow, like we need this guy here and, and you know, this is where he's going to stay. But honestly, you know, if he's got the talent to, to move around, then let's go for it. But I, I – I am also concerned with that, though, because you don't want to confuse him. And then he's learning different, you know, plays here, there and the other. You know, it it could get a little confusing. So I kind of hope that they utilize him in different ways and then hopefully find a stationary place for him and then use him in like, you know, sporadic different places. But I, I think a solid like one place for him to be is probably more beneficial because then, you know, he can basically be very, very, very good at that one thing as opposed to being okay at at several different things. I'm willing to be flexible and agree with that. I think, you know, we kind of have a similar idea. Um, But, yeah, I do think when you're in the NFL, you got to try to stick to one position. There's not many players that can do it. Deion Sanders, who we mentioned earlier, is a rare exception. But (laughs) uh, quickly want to shout out our friend across the pond, David Yates, who's been watching us since the very beginning, since 2020. Evening, guys. Let's go for another year of Big Blue Avenue. David, we love you, man. And your daughter's growing up fast. So um, definitely very excited for you there as, as well. I know David is five hours ahead of us. So right now it is past midnight. So he's watching us past midnight. You, awesome, David. dude. Appreciate you. Hope all is going well. Fonz Falco. Ravens fan from New York. Hello, hello. Football is back. Go Giants for the next hour. Make sure to check out Fonz's YouTube channel, Slickback Kickback. His cousins are diehard Giants fans and answered a lot of questions regarding Daniel Jones and other players on Big Blue, too. That's the Slickback Kickback Report. Thank you, Fonz. Some week one transactions. Sam, I hate to say this, but I kind of saw it coming. Daniel Jones's contract has already been restructured, converted eight and a half million of his base salary into a signing bonus. Giants had to get under the cap. They've cleared over six million. Um, so they created some space there. And I didn't know a practice squad IR existed, but <laughs> Cole Beasley is on it right now. And yep. we know Dable loves that man. He really does. And I hope Beasley can be a factor for us this year. Um, you know, being he played in Buffalo, played several years in Dallas, I really hope he's a factor. I agree. I agree. I do like Cole Beasley a lot. Um, you know, I kind of even liked Cole Beasley when he was in Dallas. And, it, you know, he, he was that, you know, kind of Julian Edelman type of wide receiver. You yeah. know, he goes up the middle. He doesn't care if he gets hit. He's fast. He's quick. Um, he's smart. So I do hope that he's able to to come into this core at some point. But um, at least he's on the practice squad. You know, I know that he got released and resigned and it was like a whole thing. But, you know, Dable and, and Shane both have a special place in their heart for former Buffalo Bills anyway. So I have a feeling they'll try and make it happen. 
Um, but obviously he's got to get healthy first. Our guest coming on later tonight in about six minutes knows a few things or two about Cole Beasley, I would think. <laughs> yeah. um, but let's get into the rest of these transactions here for week one. Uh, Cam Sims signed to the practice squad. If you folks remember him, that's because Cam Smith Sims killed us when he was with the Washington Commanders, had a couple of long receptions against the Giants over the past couple of years. Um, new starters for Big Blue. We mentioned John Michael Schmitz at center. Uh, Paris Campbell, Isaiah Hodgins, and Darius Slayton are the starting wide receivers. Nacho joins the defensive line with D-Law and Leo. Um, and then Micah McFadden is now the full-time starting linebacker opposite of Bobby O. Pinnock. Starts next to Xavier McKinney. I'm really keeping an eye on Jason Pinnock, Sam. I really like him. And then, of course, the two rookies at corner with Adori. But before we bring Brian Attard on from the sports box, talk to me about Jason Pinnock because I think this is a player that could really break out this year and learn a lot. We were disappointed when Julian Love signed with Seattle, but it makes a lot yeah. of sense. They replaced Love with Pinnock for – Five million plus less, and they're probably going to get similar production. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you were telling me early earlier um, that you know there are other guys on the team who have, are talking about how much they think that Pinnock is going to be this you know outstanding player this year, and you know this rising star. And if you're hearing that from the teammates, from the peers, from the te- you know from them. I have a feeling that, you know, they're seeing it. You know, they're seeing something that we're not seeing every day, that they're seeing every day. So uh, next to X and, and that, you know, that, the, that backfield is, is young. And I really want to keep that, like, you know, that veteran stance and everything like that. And um, I'm hoping that Pinnock and X can kind of work together. But it, I, I agree. I agree. I think that it's going to be really good for us. Um, again, it's going to be a little bit of a bumpy road in the beginning, but I have a feeling that we're going to find our footing and we're going to find it fast. And this defense and the secondary is just going to be pretty outstanding. Yeah, I think the corners expect them to struggle the first few weeks. But overall, I think the defense will continue to improve after last season. A couple more comments, folks. Brady Campbell. Let's go Giants. Sunday night can't come soon enough. Brady, one of our new members, we are trying to have him on next week. Um, Really nice guy. He is a co-host of the Santa Maria podcast on our network, our new baseball show. Make sure to go check him out Thursdays at 2 p.m. So tomorrow, make sure to go check him out on our network. And David says, appreciate it, all the work you do. And Rose is a wee angel. Everything a father could have wished for five years old going on 25. Very sweet, David. Aww. Very, very sweet. Um, wishing you and your family the best. All right. It's two minutes early, but who cares? Because we, we love this guy. We really do. Brian Attard from the Sports Box. Dallas Cowboys fan living in the middle of Philadelphia territory. Brian, <laughs> how are you doing? Uh, I hope you're surviving with all the Eagles fans here surrounded by. The one thing we will always agree on. 
Of, of course. Yeah, it's a very warm welcome. Very, very happy to, 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 be, to be back <laughs> on Big Blue Avenue. Um, I, it's, it's oppressively hot in South Jersey right now. So that's, that's my biggest, uh, you know, point of contention at the moment. I, I'm not a heat guy. Uh, I, I'm used to living among these troglodytes. So I have a very good, <laughs> like, barrier. Like I have a, like a force field. It's okay. Like I can deal with so much stupidity at one time and I'm fine. It's just the heat that bothers me. Actually, <laughs> everything else is okay. It's incredibly hot up here too. It's so brutal. Like, I, I thought like I was done with this. This is not good. Mm-hmm. Uh, surprised. Oh yeah. No one drinks Starbucks at eight o'clock at night. Right. Unless it's Brian and Tard. <laughs> I mean, if I had one in my town, I would go right now, but unfortunately. Yeah. Lucky. Absolutely. Um, Brian, I'm super stoked to get into this with you, but before we do that, why don't you tell the folks a little bit about the sports box and what you guys do over there? Sportsbox has been a ground level fan of the review and preview network for as long as I can remember. Love what you guys are doing. Everybody should be following everything that you're doing. But in the off chance that you're bored one night, you can go check us out on the Sportsbox at Sportsbox Sports, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all the socials. Uh, We pride ourselves on being as quick as we can on breaking news memes that are funny to me and maybe some other people um so we try we try to keep it light but um yeah we're very much cut from the same cloth as as rnp and uh happy to be always co-promoting each other we love seeing the growth on everybody's end oh tom you're you're muted oh little uh week one mistake there it's week one for all of us too not just it's still preseason you're good Uh, another Cowboys fan in the comments section, Larry Johnson, saying we are back. Uh, we'll see if he likes me by the time we're done. <laughs> awesome <laughs> former co-worker of mine, a very hardworking individual in Larry Johnson, also a Jersey guy like you, Brian. Um, and Sam, I think we're good to go. Let's get started with these questions. For sure. So uh, we've been talking this entire beginning of this show about all the offseason moves that the Giants have made, but... What was one of the biggest and your favorite move from the offseason for the Cowboys this year? I mean, I think it'd be easy to talk about the trades that they made uh, to bring in Stefan Gilmore to their secondary, to bring mm-hmm. in Brandon Cooks, who has like a thousand yards every year. And people forget that, um, you know, you can th- you can talk about the money they gave to Trayvon Diggs and most recently Terrence Steele. If I'm being candid and blunt, as I generally am, I think that the biggest offseason move that the Cowboys made was moving on from Ezekiel Elliott because Mm. Tom, you know me, you know, I've been as critical as anyone about the drafting of Ezekiel Elliott. The general premise of early running backs is a topic I'm very passionate about, not very positively for your guy or my guy at the time, his contract, just everything. Right. So I hated the pick. I wanted Jalen Ramsey. I think that time has proven me right on that. I don't discount at all that it's a major, major organizational shift to have moved on from Ezekiel Elliott. You know, if you think back, you know, he and Dak have been the faces of the team since they were drafted in 2016. And it's been frankly, a lot of failure since then, but you know, they were never getting rid of Dak Prescott to my disappointment and my regret. So the biggest culture change sort of thing, like the biggest face change they could have done is move on from Ezekiel Elliott. And it's not to shortchange like some of their other offseason moves because I was a fan of a lot of it. I was, like I said, a huge fan of getting Stefan Gilmore and Brandon Cooks, even, you know, 
even at their age, I think they're worthy gambles. They're still productive players for a veteran team. Um, I have a couple reservations about how much money they gave Trayvon Diggs and how much money they just gave Terrence Steele this week. Um, I didn't talk about Trey Lance. I was a huge fan of, yeah. <laughs> of getting Trey Lance. I mean, look, he, he can turn into something or absolutely nothing. I'll take that scratch off ticket all day long. Right. So that's fine for a fourth round pick. Offseason to me was good all in. But as far as my favorite move and what I think is the biggest, you know, perception changer, it's moving on from Ezekiel Elliott. I think it changes how people view the Cowboys in, in a lot of ways. And I think that the time was right. You know, frankly, it happened exactly as I said it was going to happen after they cut Amari Cooper. I said they're just setting it up to buy out Zeke next year. And that's exactly what they did because that's what the money was for. Happily right about that. Yep, uh, you were right, Brian. That was the gift that keeps on giving the contract of Ezekiel Elliott. Um, shout out George Bristol saying, let's go Giants, my brother's best friend. And uh, shout out to my dad as well under his car account name. Uh, great <laughs> to see Big Blue Avenue have a great season. Go Jets. You know, some Is there, people, yeah. Thanks, Dad. Humor me on this, right? So as somebody who's – I'm in New York sports, I'm a Rangers fan, a Yankees fan, right? So the Yankees and the Mets have their own thing. Is there a Giants-Jets rivalry? Like, is that even a thing? It depends, I think, on the person. Because, okay. like, in my house, my dad's a Jets fan. But, like, we kind of help each other root for the other team. You know yeah. what I mean? But that's that's a father-daughter bond, I think, more than a Jets-Giants thing. Fair enough. I, I refuse to throw my mother under the bus on my there, but <laughs> my mom's side of the family was Giants fans growing up, and my dad's side of the family was Jets fans. So there became a little split, and it's about 60-40 Giants, I would say, in my family. But, again, that's like our household. It was four sure. and three growing up. So yeah. um, the Jets pay us the rent, so it's all good. Yeah, <laughs> shout out, George. Um I've I've been to MetLife Stadium for three for three events. Two were WrestleMania, and one was a Cowboys Jets game. <laughs> yeah, Met, MetLife Stadium, in my opinion, not the best stadium out there. It's it, hard to do much much better. But yeah. um, my question for you, and, and you kind of threw him in the answer to Sam's question, but expectations for Cowboys quarterback Dak Prescott? He is healthy. He was tied for the lead league lead in interceptions last season, but a lot of people expect him to have a bounce back season you added Brandon cooks in the off season, the development of tight ends, Jake Ferguson and Peyton Hendershot. You extended Terrence Steele. Um, I believe Tyler Smith is a little banged up. He might've missed practice today, but the offensive line is still really, really good. In my opinion, what do you expect from Dak this season? I find that when I have no expectations, I can't be let down. Um, <laughs> I don't have any good ones anyway. So, look, I expect Dak Prescott to be Dak Prescott. He's going to have very statistical, great fantasy games against teams who aren't very good, and I expect Dak Prescott to come up short against teams that aren't. This is who he is. This is who he's been. We've been down this road repeatedly with him. I have little to no confidence he can lead the team anywhere and little to no confidence that he can even be a passenger at this point. So it, it's really the, the tragedy of the Dallas Cowboys from my vantage point, right? Because the, the Cowboys, despite the fact that the head coach is an idiot and the GM is a bigger one that the owner obviously won't fire, their defense is excellent. It's well-coached and there's some really nice pieces on their offense. Like they've drafted well, but with anything in this league, it comes down to your quarterback and it comes down to Dak Prescott, Dak Prescott's complete inability to be a difference maker when it matters. So 
when they play the Cardinals and the Panthers, I'm sure he'll do just fine. He'll probably have 350 yards and four touchdowns. That's what he'll do. But the Cowboys schedule, as I'm sure you guys know, looking over yours, is not very easy this year, especially compared to last year. You know, they're only going to go as far as they can drag Dak Prescott. And to be very blunt, I, I don't think that that's very far. And he's going to get a new deal, right? Because, you know, we, we, you and I, I think, Tom, were talking about this when that deal was signed because you knew how upset I was at it. That <laughs> was, it, it was always going to be ripped up after year three. If you look at that contract, I have it written up over here. The cap number this year is 26.8. It's 59 and a half next year. They completely did it so that after year three, they rip it up and they do it again. They tried to structure as best they could within the cap that they hood. So he's back next year. I mean, listen, I'm, I'm go Lance go as much as anybody. I would love to see that happen. Contractually, they're not going to eat 61 dead next year. It's not going to mm-hmm. do that. So, you know, this is always going to be when they ripped it up and started over. They're going to do that. They're stuck with him that this is the, the, this is the, what they have to work with. And, I'm not exactly overly enthused by it. I think you can probably tell that. I just it, it, it. He's always had good teams around him, and I I don't cheerlead the Cowboys because I don't. But like he's had good rosters around him that have gone absolutely nowhere. And when you've been in that high profile of a spot and you've won two playoff games in eight years, like that's not going to cut it. And I feel like the fan base, even the most fervent ones, like they're starting to like, okay, like we've seen this movie before type thing. They're to the point where like, like if they don't get to the NFC championship game this year, like you're going to start hearing at the same time, they're going to give them a new deal. You're going to start hearing an upset fan base Mm -hmm. more so than normal, which Cowboys fans are an interesting bunch. Do do you actually think Dak's not going to throw 10 over 10 interceptions? Like he said, in how many games? Whole season, uh, in September. I mean, September might be. <laughs> he said he wasn't going to throw any more than ten interceptions this entire season, and I was like, "Are you okay? Should we drug test him?" Well, I guess that means you should draft Tony Pollard in fantasy because they're going to hand the ball off three times every three downs. <laughs> yeah, the only way they're going to avoid sure. the interception. He just he's so it's kind of one of those things where so Eli Manning, right? Like Eli, if you th- think of a dartboard of like potential outcomes, like Eli wasn't going to necessarily be the reason you won a game, but he wasn't going to lose it for you either. Right. Like Tony Romo's dartboard was much wider. Like he could do really, really well and be the reason, or he could just totally, you know, screw the pooch and that's the end. Like he, his outcomes were much wider than Eli's. Eli's was just smarter with the ball. Like Dak Prescott's outcomes. I feel like it's a dartboard, but like it's tilted. (laughs) Like there's only so much upside. There's way more downside. So it's just, what are you going to do? I mean, what's he supposed to say? I'm going to throw more. I mean, I get what's it's public relations, right? But yeah, um, well, I don't see it. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, I mean, speaking of throwing the ball, we're talking about, t- you know, tossing it off to Tony Pollard, but who do you think is actually going to lead the Cowboys in touchdown receptions this year? Pretty sure it was CD lamb last year. So it's probably easily saying it's probably going to be CD lamb this year, but mm-hmm. I will go on a limb and I'll say this and Tom, you mentioned his name. So credit to you. If it's Jake Ferguson, don't be surprised. Because back in February, Travis Kelsey, who I love, is the best tight end in the NFL. It's my fantasy first-round pick. I'm still upset about that at the moment. Um, he was asked who he sees around the league that remind him of himself. And one of the names that he mentioned was Jake Ferguson. With Dalton Schultz moving on to Houston as a free agent, you know, good for him, whatever, get your money. 
I, I think that the loss of him is an underrated story around the Cowboys. And I expect them to continue to really, you know, rely on the tight end still. And I think of the guys that they have, you know, you, they mentioned Hendershot, they drafted Luke Schoonmacher. I think Ferguson is the guy who has is most likely to make an impact. You know, we just talked about them moving on from Ezekiel Elliott. And it makes you wonder who is going to replace those 12 touchdowns that Zeke had, especially inside the 10. Of the 12 touchdowns that Zeke had last year, only two of them were more than six yards out, and seven of them were one yard or less. So that formation, I think, leaves an opening. Pollard had nine, but Pollard's more of that shifty type back, that pass catcher. I mean, he can do a lot more with space than a guy like Zeke can. I could certainly see the Cowboys using a big body like Ferguson, 6'5", 245. You know, even Dak can hit a target that big from in close. So I'll roll the dice, take a shot. It might just be Jake Ferguson picking up a lot of the slack from their lack of goal line rush because I just don't think that – first of all, Deuce Vaughn definitely is not built for it, but I also don't think that Tony Pollard is built for it either. Wow. Yeah, you know, that's an impressive statement right there. Um, don't be surprised if it's Jake Ferguson. I won't be. Giants improve their linebacking core, but they have not proven that they could cover a tight end. So Ferguson could have a big game Sunday night going up against Bobby O and Mike McFadden. It's been a running joke on the show for the past four years, but it is what it is. And Noah has a funny question. Forgive me for pinning this, Brian, but uh, never heard of this guest before. Is he a small-time podcaster or something? I, I, I just I, I just bought a microphone earlier today and a camera. Figured I'd just plug him in and see how it goes. Brian, you probably have like the biggest – New York Rangers podcast following that I know. So it's, it's funny you mentioned that I look at, I don't know how this happened, right? Like I don't know. We've done like 34 episodes and stuff. I have over 5,300 followers and I have no clue where that came from. Like I have literally no idea. I'm upset about it obviously, but you know, we get the word out there because you know, Rangers are life, but. And I mentioned that too. That's our one common denominator, both being Rangers fans. So Giants and Cowboys fans can get along that way. So I, I have, I bear no ill will against the Giants. Never have, because we have a common enemy that is just way, way. Look, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Now, <laughs> just not this weekend. But that's you know, if, if they lose, they lose. Whatever. It's, it's not the first time. So it's not, you know. So you have been discussing the trenches a little bit so far. Let's go to the other side of the trenches where Dallas drafted Mozzie Smith with their, I think that's how you say his first name, with first round pick out of Michigan. What was your reaction on draft night to the pick? And what do you think is the type of impact he'll make up the middle? Because obviously nose tackle is very important Mm -hmm. position. You want to set the standard on that first level. So Sunday night, we have a second round rookie center going up against your first-round rookie, DT. So talk to us a little bit about him. The night of the draft, I was convinced that I really wanted a tight end. I, I was fr- I was really afraid they were going to take Bijan Robinson, but thankfully that wasn't was taken off the table. But I really wanted a tight end, and obviously the, the Bills thought the Cowboys wanted one too because they traded up for Dalton Kincaid. But if you, if you look at their defense, I, it's arguably it's the interior of the defensive line that's probably the weak point, right? The pass rushers are very good. Secondary might be – all in like one of the best secondaries in the league, at least like that, that top five area. So he was drafted. Mozzie was a, a late one. Um, you know, since 2019, if you look back at the Cowboys drafts, they've alternated between offensive and defensive players with their first round pick. They did it again this year, taking Mozzie after taking Tyler Smith, the um, offensive lineman last year. 
His preseason was a bit of a roller coaster, uh, not the good kind. Um, he wasn't exactly confidence inspiring, but he's also very much a project pick, right? Like he's a really big, physically gifted guy, right? He's, I think he was quoted as saying he doesn't play football, he wants to just hurt people, which is great. That's fine. I'm a fan of, I'm a fan of your approach. But he has a lot of work to do. And I think that he's going to be asked to play an important role right away. And I don't feel overly bullish that he'll be able to handle it from the jump. Where I do have faith is that, you know, I'm a huge fan of Dan Quinn. I'm so happy he stayed uh, as a defensive coordinator. I think if anybody can put him in position to be successful, as successful as you can be early on, it, it is Dan Quinn. But I have concerns. I mean, he's was a penalty guy in college. Like he just he was, you know, plays a little bit undisciplined. You got to tighten that up. You, you can't give yards away in the NFL. The teams are too good. So that's my biggest concern for him. But a, good, a guy of his size, I mean, that's it's a physical specimen. I mean, you can't teach that, right? So if if they can work with him and really you know bring out what's in there, I'm excited about the pick. I was surprised they went that direction. I thought that they'd be looking, being that they were getting rid of Elliot, being that they you know let. Um, Dalton Schultz go that with the investment to Dak, you kind of want to make sure your offense looks as good, at least cosmetically as possible. So I was kind of surprised they went in defense, but they have alternated year to year. So I guess next year they'll probably take another lineman. Mm -hmm. And speaking of the defense, I mean, you guys, like you, you said it earlier, I mean, Dan Quinn has developed this amazing defense. I'm, I actually really love Micah Parsons, even being a cowboy. I, Mm -hmm. I, I think that he is fantastic and super talented. So you have him, Lawrence Armstrong. Where would you rank this Cowboys pass rush within the league? I think they're top five, and I think that's conservative. I mean, you know, their defense really, like, look, offense makes headlines. We know that. But their defense really is very good. They've been known for their offensive line for years, but they've drafted really well defensively the last couple of years. It's not just pass rush, right? But Because for all his faults, Diggs is a player, especially, you know, where they got him, he was going to be a guy that they took in the first round. They ended up with CeeDee Lamb and then took him in the second round because he was still there. So they were obviously pleased about that. Um, the news of the day is troubling with Nick Bosa's mega deal because Micah Parsons is going to write a check. I mean, he, he, like you said, I mean, he's a phenomenal talent. I wasn't – so I'm going to tell myself here. I wasn't on board with the pick at the time simply because I thought I was – I thought I was getting a corner. <laughs> like I thought they were going to get Sertan or JC Horn. So in my mind, that's what I was getting coming in. So I was disappointed that they didn't get one, but clearly, I mean, in a redraft, he's got to go top two. I mean, maybe even one. Um, yeah, it's an excellent unit, a well-coached unit. They've led the league in, in takeaways the last two seasons. Um, again, like I mentioned, very pleased that Quinn stuck around. I mean, that, that's the, you got to be excited about the defense, right? Because for, for all the faults that Dak has, I mean, look, worse guys have done okay with a really good defense, right? And Brock Purdy was in the title game last year with a really good defense. So if the Cowboys can get average play out of Dak, which I know is hard, I'm not, I'm not asking a lot, <laughs> but if they can get like, like just don't screw it up type play, the defense can take them places. Like I really think they've done a very, very nice job building that defense. Yeah, and speaking of which, Brian, I want to get into your keys to the game for this weekend because I think that, you know, week one is always, in my opinion, it could define your season or it could be an overreaction um, because we don't know how the team is going to end up. But week one is always a very important game, and it's a game that the Giants have really struggled to win up until last season when they won at Tennessee thanks to a two-point conversion 
that yeah, they made. You, uh, you owe me yeah. a coffee because I had the Tennessee Titans money line in my parlay that day. I think it was really? the last, it was the last oh. one. Or maybe Starbucks I'll bring my coffee. That, that's fine. Well, <laughs> I'll never forget when the Eagles won the Super Bowl, the Philadelphia Eagles Dunkin' Donuts coffee they were serving by my house. It was disgusting. You could, you should have swore off it right then and there and just gone right to Starbucks. Yeah. But um, keys to the game for Dallas, Brian. What does Dallas have to do to win? This is a Sunday night football yep. game, very close, um, divisional opponent. A lot of people are, you know, America's still not confident in the Giants yet. I feel like respect has to be earned again this season by the Giants. Yeah. I think on paper, uh, a lot of people view Dallas as that better football team. Well, I mean, from a Cowboy standpoint, look, the Giants have this guy at running back who's pretty good. Uh, it wouldn't have been a pick I would have made for my own personal reasons, but he's he's pretty good. I think the Cowboys should try to stop him as much as they possibly can. Um, the Giants receiving core is very interesting to me uh, because I think literally anybody – can take the brass ring and be the top guy. Um, you were talking about Jalen Hyatt quite a bit uh, before I came on. I like him a lot. I mean, I really was surprised he lasted as long as he did in the draft. So I thought it was a real nice pick for them. Uh, you know, I think Paris Campbell can play. Like they have talented guys, and Kenny Galladay's not there anymore. And you know, Tom, I was very critical of that that pick the day it was signed, and I think I've been proven right on that one too. Um, but but as an individual, like each of them individually, like I'm not overly concerned about any of them on their own just yet. I need somebody kind of, you know, take lead of the pack there. Uh, I'm curious to see how Darren Waller plays. You know, tight ends have always been an issue for the Cowboys. I think Waller, I think he's still got it. You know, like I thought that was a really excellent trade for the Giants to fill it a, a hole that they had, you know, again, short intermediate type guy, really good guy for Jones, Jones to throw the ball to. I like that trade a lot for them. I think that will, you know, bear fruit defensively. They, they just can't let Barkley run wild. They can't get Waller into space Frankly, I'd, I would try to make Danny Dimes beat us. I would try to make Danny Dimes throw to these unproven outside guys and see how we see where it goes. Um, offensively, I think that the Giants' pass rush is going to be excellent this year. So I think that the offensive line is going to be tested. There's going to be a lot of talent on the Giants running the football. I was a huge fan of their draft last year, as you well know. Um, I think for the Cowboys, they need to just not play too cute, get the ball out quickly. And again, you don't have a Dalton Schultz anymore. So you does a Ferguson get involved, right? You don't have a pounding running back anymore. So do you use Pollard more to catch balls to get it? To, you got to get the ball out quickly, right? So still kind of getting, I, I don't think that Prescott and cooks have played that much yet. I mean, other than in practice. So, but this game is always the first game is like extended preseason. Like things happen. And it's like anymore, they don't play in preseason. You get a lot of the rust out. So a lot of things can happen, but th- again, it's, I think the story with the Giants has not really changed that much. I think it's still, to your point, I think that for the season that he had, I still think, generally speaking, people will say, you know what, if someone's going to beat us, make the quarterback beat us. I don't know if he can. Yeah, definitely. I guess we're going to end off on uh, kind of the NFC East as a whole, um, bringing together all of us here. Um, what are your expectations for the division? And, do, you know, do you have our – who you think is going to win and all that good stuff. So um, the trend is your friend. Teams do not win this division two years in a row. So in that case, I'm going to pick the Cowboys to win the division just because. I, 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 again, I, I'm not a believer yet in Daniel Daniel Jones. I, I may get there eventually, but I'm not there yet. Um, I frankly have never thought winning a division was like this grand event either. A quarter of the league wins a division every year. But we'll, we'll, we'll go with the Cowboys. Um 
I think that probably, frankly, slots the Eagles second. I mean, even if their quarterback comes down to earth, which I do expect, they have a really deep roster around him that makes him look very good, frankly. Uh, So I think they're going to be fine. I think that they were very much a product of their schedule last year. And that's not to take away from that roster. I really do think it's very good. They're, they're, They're great in the trenches. Their pass rush is good. I'm not as a fan of their corners as some people are. I think they're up in age, and I think that you lose it really quick in the NFL. So that could be a problem. They're not really deep there. Uh, I'm I'm not a believer in the quarterback having to throw to win. Like I think he's an athlete. I, I, the Lamars, the Kylers, the Fields of the world. I mean, Danny runs, but like not like that, right? So I think if you get into a throwing game, I don't know. I don't know if they're good enough there to win. But he's an offensive weapon. I can't take him there. But I think he takes a step back. I think it places the Giants third out of the fault because I think Washington is the clear number four. If I if you told me what am I most confident in, it's the it's the it's Washington finished in fourth. <laughs> I'll, I'll pick them as slot them in and you know put that in pen. Um, I think the Giants could be a better team than last year, but not see the win loss improve. Like I think that a lot of things broke their way last year. A couple of the games that they won, like the Tennessee game, like games they didn't really think they were going to win, they found a way. Look, I think their schedule was favorable. I like the coach a lot i like the gm a lot i like what they're doing i hope that they're not a victim of their own success in that if they could be a better team and i think they're going to be a better team the wins and losses might not show it simply because it is a harder slate of games and you might not get for for all the times that the ping pong ball bounced your way it might bounce the other way to even it out you know regression to the meat right so i like a lot of what they do Storyline to me is the contract Danny got and the contract Saquon didn't. And I think that that's going to be the story that hangs around because there's going to be games that Saquon is the reason. And that's going to happen more often than not. I think Jones is under a lot of pressure to now validate the money. What does that do for him? Does he try to do too much now? Because now he's got that pressure. I think it's a fair question. But again, Washington's Washington. Until they get out of their own way, they're still always going to be Washington. Maybe one day, long time from now. Uh, But I think right now, that's kind of the way that I see it. And, and it's, please don't take it as a slight to the Giants. It's not meant to be. Like, I just think that that's kind of where they fall. I like the direction they're going. Like I said, I was a huge fan of, of, of the Thibodeau and Neil last year. I thought it was great. Big fan of that. I like where they're going. They have people in good places that should lead them where they need to go. But again, it's – I mean, Tom, is it the Rangers last year compared to the year before? Like, you, you, you go above and beyond your expectation, and now your expectation is higher when really you're – a little better but you're not there yet like could you see kind of those correlations because mm-hmm. i can see a little bit of it i do i do agree now do i entirely agree with you on dj no but i do see where you're coming from with this right i mean dallas is a very tough team right they're still very good philadelphia still a great team yes they lost players on defense but they still have talent you slide in the kobe dean you slide in jalen carter nolan smith have yourself a day Right. All Georgia players, by the way, mm-hmm. um, they lost C.J. Gardner Johnson. OK, you developed Reed Blankenship last year. Solid player. So looking at talent wise, yes, the Giants have the third best roster in the NFC East. And I, I, I think when you play, they play the AFC East this year. Those are four tough out of conference games. The Giants went five and oh against the AFC last year because game 17 was an AFC game as well. Yeah. Um, this year, it's probably going to be different. And remember, the Giants went one four and one in the NFC East last year, yet still made the playoffs because they right. they were near perfect outside of the division. So 
Yeah, it's definitely a fair assessment. I, I, I don't disagree with you there. The record might not improve, but the play might improve. You're yeah. right. But is there a possibility we're all fooling ourselves here? Absolutely. I think sky's the limit for the Giants. I think they could win this division um, if cards fall right. You know, the NFC East, no repeat division winner since 2004. If the Giants come out and beat Dallas week one, that could really set the tone for their season. So, Sam, well, what do you think? Well, no. not to interrupt you, but not only that, I think that could also set Dallas under the tailspin too, because there's a lot of pressure on them. So, like, I think, I think Dallas needs the game more than the Giants do. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I have a feeling Giants specifically are going to go into these division games a lot different than they did last year. I feel like, like, I, I wholeheartedly agree with you with the fact that the Eagles are still a good team, but like they're t- like they're down a peg this year. And I'm sorry to Jordan, my friend Jordan is a major Eagles fan if she's listening, but yeah, I just think that that's true. Um, but overall, this is a very competitive division, which people don't even realize. I mean, uh-huh. even Washington in the mix. And I think Noah even uh, put a comment in here about dumping Snyder. Huge improvement for Washington. Sure. Sam Howell. I mean, I don't know how great Sam Howell is going to be, but we'll see what happens. You know, it's crazy to think that the NFC East is a competitive division, but I think it's really up for grabs. Snyder's going to be a difference maker eventually. I don't think it happens overnight. For sure. That's why I said, like, they're washing until they're not. Like, you still have to, you know, work ever, work all of that influence out the door. Um, you know, get, get, improve a fan base. Apparently, they think about changing their name again. I mean, figure it out, right? So, like, yeah, you know, they, they got to get a direction there. They will. I mean, I, I don't think Sam Howell's their quarterback of the future. I, I go back to, you know, the Chase Young draft, and like I said, like I didn't like that pick for them. You need a quarterback. They didn't take a quarterback, and there's just, I mean, Chase Young's done absolutely nothing for this team, unfortunately. Talented, super talented player, but like, how many defensive linemen can you take? I mean, I think at that point it was like four first round picks in a row, and it's like, yeah, like yeah, you want to take best player, but you got to take best player in a position that you actually can use them. Like, you can't, you got the best offensive defensive line in the NFL, and like that's all you have, and it's like, whoa, yeah, you know. And if Caden sure. Smith doesn't score that touchdown against Washington in 20, 2019, the Giants have Chase Young and not Andrew Thomas, potentially. So, you know, it's there you go. We, we talk all the time. Like, I'm, I'm a big like I'm a big advocate of tanking. Like if you're not going to win, lose because it's so much better off. And I, and I can point to specific <laughs> specific spots, whether it's Trevor Lawrence not going to the Jets, whether it's <laughs> Fran giving up three ones to go get Trey, uh, Trey Lance when it was just three meaningless games. They could have just lost yeah. and got there anyway. That's my own personal view. But no, absolutely. It's just. I, they, they, a team, if you don't have a quarterback, like it's just, it's look at San Francisco. It's, it's a miracle. It, it, it is a modern miracle that they're as good as they are. Imagine if they actually had anybody like anybody. I still don't know about Brock Purdy yet. I'm not really sold on him either, but that's a conversation for another day. I think he's very good, but I'm remembering what I saw at Iowa state two to three years ago. Um, but back to the game here, Cowboys favored by three and a half. On the road, Sunday night football. Last meeting, Thanksgiving last year, Dallas won 28-20. Dak did throw two picks in that game, but they ran for 169 yards. That's a good game. That's light. (laughs) Dallas has won four straight meetings. Giants have only won once since 2016. That was the Andy Dalton game, January 3rd, 2021. And, uh, yeah, I mentioned earlier, 
Sam and I were talking about, Giants have won just two week one games since 2010. It is definitely a concern. A lot of people think Big Blue has bridged the gap against Dallas. And Sam, I want to ask you, what are your keys to the game for the Giants and then Dallas? Um, we got Brian's like, earlier. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I feel like it's it's going to go kind of in the opposite direction, obviously. But, I mean, the, I'm really not afraid of Dak Prescott. I'm not really afraid of this offense. I, I'm more afraid of the defense. I want to make sure that this very, you know, we, we have this growing line, um, you know, for Daniel Jones to be able to have the time to do what he needs to do and to perform. And, you know, Brian mentioned earlier that he's like, yeah, I'll pressure Daniel to make the plays, to, to do what he needs to do. And we know that we like to have him have the time. So definitely protect Daniel Jones is always the big one here. Um, and just just make sure that we're playing Sunday night football. Like, don't play 1 p.m. week one football. Like, we're going to be coming out under the lights week one you got to come out with everything that you got. Like, it, it's just, I know it seems kind of like, yeah, obviously we need to do that. But, you know, it's there, there's also that joke that, like, Daniel Jones is similar to Kirk Cousins where he struggles in prime time. And I I, I don't want that to happen. And, and you know, he's, he's getting into this veteran stance. You know, he's been around for a while. So I'm hoping that he comes out, he, he assumes that leadership role, and that he's protected by this line and, and that they're able to create the place that they need to. Yeah. Um, Kirk Cousins made that quarterback show, in my opinion, by the way. As great as Patrick, sure. Mah- as Patrick Mahomes is, Kirk Cousins was the star of that show, in my personal opinion. Um, Love Kirk Cousins. In season one. But, um, you know, my keys, I, look, the Giants gave up 49 sacks last year. The offensive line was not good. And what does Dallas have? Demarcus Lawrence, Terrence Armstrong, eight and a half sacks, 16 QB hits. I mean, Brian could tell you about the defensive end depth. Uh, Dante Fowler Jr. Is Sam Williams going to play? Do we know that yet? I don't know yet. Okay. Um, And it starts with winning in the trenches. If you want to protect Daniel Jones, Andrew Thomas, Evan Neal, right? Um, On the other side, Dexter Lawrence versus Tyler Baidas. I don't know how you feel about him. A lot of Cowboys fans don't like him. I think he's so-so. It might be a little, uh, a little replaceable, replaceable, yeah, replaceable player. And I think containing the outside, I think this is one thing that um, Dallas will take advantage of Sunday night. The Giants have two rookie corners starting, and one of our rookie corners is a sixth round pick. So you're saying either Michael Gallup or Brandon Cooks going up against a sixth round rookie, because we know Ceedee Lamb and Adoree. Ceedee Lamb had the most slot reps last year out of any starter in the NFL. So, and you have Brandon Cooks has six 1,000-yard seasons under his belt in his career. And he's, like, thrown around the league, like, yeah. he's passed around. So, I'm really worried about that a little bit. Because, not because I think Banks and Hawkins are bad, they're not, but first NFL game could be some jitters, right? Um, it's more me concerned about our youth than um, Dallas's receiving. I think the real concern for me is that pass rush, like Sam was mm-hmm. saying. And it comes down to winning that turnover battle, right? Daniel Jones, just five picks last year, tied fewest in, in the league. You know, you're going up against good secondary, Trayvon Diggs, Stephon Gilmore coming over. And then one guy nobody's mentioned, Deron Bland. 
mm-hmm. had five interceptions last year, Brian. Uh, talk to us a little bit about this guy and what he could do on this Cowboys defense. I mean, the secondary depth is so important in a you know two thirds passing league. I mean, that's why you know you're you're seeing teams and you know you're using nickel corners that much more often. I think, like I said, I think their secondary is underrated. I I, I love the move to go get a guy like Gilmore. I mean, yeah, he's not a spring chicken anymore, but you know, from a leadership standpoint, from a mentoring standpoint, for a guy like Diggs and a guy like Land, younger players, that's just you know calming. You know, you saw Diggs blow up against the Eagles last year, just a completely a meltdown on the field. Like, you need that veteran presence to kind of just like, listen, so it's fine. It's going to be okay. Um, their secondary, I think, is really underrated because, you know, people remember them all the time giving up these, you know, big, deep passes for, you know, long touchdowns, and that's just the stigma that you get. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm a fan of their secondary. Like I said, if there was any weakness, I think that they tried to address it with, with the Mozzie Smith pick. I think that's the only thing you can look at and say, well, we need to work on here. Their, de- their defense is very good. It's not going to be easy for 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 Danny. I mean, they're, they're, they're going to make his life hard from the jump. And I think it's it's a very early test. And it's and it's you kind of want that early too. You want to see where you are. Like you know, wh- what are you bringing back from? Where is your confidence from last year? Like, are you still the same player now that you got the contract? It's just an, it's just interesting the way things unfold. Will Daniel Jones live up to the hype of that contract? Because right now, you you could argue. There's five great quarterbacks in the NFL. So, yeah. you know, you have to see. I don't know if Daniel Jones will elevate to that level or not. He could easily get to top 10. He might be there already. Who knows? Well, here's the thing. In my personal opinion, you know, I think all five of those great quarterbacks in the AFC. So the NFC is wide open. Like, that's the thing. Like, yeah. the, the AFC just depth there's going to be teams that miss the playoffs in the afc that are going to be like wow i cannot believe that team missed the playoffs but there's only seven spots whereas in the nfc you know we think back to the vikings last year total fraud of a team but they won a lot of games and the giants exposed them so you're going to see teams get in the nfc have no business making the playoffs and teams in the afc have no business missing it but they don't because there's always it's so many chairs until the music stops right i think the chargers and the dolphins are two perfect examples of that for sure absolutely even the north I mean, I think Pittsburgh's pretty good. I don't know how they get in. But I like, agree. That's the thing. Like, you look at these divisions, I mean, top to bottom, like how many teams, if you if you exclude the AFC South, where I really think only the Jaguars are good, right? Each team, each division's got like three teams where you can say like, those are pretty good teams. Like, you know, Denver's shouldn't be as awful. Right. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, top to bottom, the, the NFC, the AFC North, I think is, is quite good. And the AFC East has three just bulldozer type teams and new england so like there's just <laughs> a lot of depth yeah um let's get into our players like time to say that say yeah. how much how much patriots are just at the bottom of the barrel now like you know what sports saying that sports are in cycles okay let them dead for 10 years like they had it too good yeah okay? like just for sure fine and they're okay with that they should be okay with that it's fine and they're still not like one of the worst teams in the league too they're Average below average, right? So uh, quickly here, just I know, Brian, you touched upon several players before. Sam, I'll start with you here first. A uh, couple players to watch from each team, players you'll have your eye on on Sunday night. Um, Cowboys side, I'm going to go Micah Parsons just because he is an outstanding human being and, and fantastic player. Um, I think that he's going to be a huge nuisance for us. Um, but I also just like watching him play, but definitely going to be definitely going to be keeping an eye on him and keeping an eye on Tony Pollard um, and Deuce, just seeing how that run game is going to be different. And uh, obviously with Zeke on 
And on the Giants side, um, I'm going to say Darren Waller because I'm just so freaking excited to see him on the field. I'm just, I like could cry at how excited I am. I think that he's going to be absolutely amazing. I think that he's going to get open. He's going to score a touchdown. I'm, I'm really stoked. So he's definitely going to be my main player to watch as well as, you know, uh, you know, a couple other Jalen Hyatt, Paris Campbell, that kind of wide receiver core, just to see how that chemistry is going to play out for, uh, between them and, and DJ. Brian, you mentioned Jake Ferguson before. Are you officially throwing him in the mix there? Is he if, one of your guys? You have if, you drafted, if you drafted Travis Kelsey and you're upset, you should probably <laughs> see if Jake Ferguson's available because I, I would take a shot on that. I, I just I have a feeling. I if you can like stash a guy again, if you told me you know by week ten he's got like six touchdowns, like I, I wouldn't be surprised. And he he may have a lot of yards, like but I think that they're going to continue to feature that position they have. I don't think they're going to change the offense because you know at the end of the day, like how good really is Dalton Schultz? Like he's a mid round pick. Like it wasn't like the stud guy, but the, he was productive. So. You know, is it plug and play? I don't know. But Travis Kelsey likes Jake Ferguson. I like Travis Kelsey. We're going to play transitive statements. Let's go for Jake Ferguson. Um, I'd like to see what Parsons does off the off the Bosa deal. Like, I think that that's a motivating factor. Uh, these guys are all about their dollars and cents, right? So if that could be a motivating factor for him to just have this unbelievable better year than last year because he wants to get himself set up for a big deal like that. And on the other side of the ball, Listen, Kayvon Thibodeau is going to be a monster, and he's the pass rush you're going to forget in this game because everybody's focusing on Micah Parsons, right? So don't be surprised if, like, Thibodeau comes out with two sacks in this game simply because, hey, what about me? I was a high pick. What about me? And I think that this this stage presents itself for, again, go grab that brass ring, set the pace for the rest of the year. I think that he could be somebody who is going to give the Cowboys fits. I love Kayvon. Uh, he's you a should. good player. Um had a little nice YouTube uh, video on his channel about his upbringing. Fun to watch. Um, yeah, for me, for Dallas, it's Dak. I want to see what he does. New OC and Brian Schottenheimer. Uh, we'll see what happens there. Um, I like Jake Ferguson, too. Two touchdowns off his rookie year. And then the pass rush. D-Law, Durant's Armstrong. Very, very scary. Uh, for the Giants, like Sam said, Darren Waller is awesome. You know, Saquon coming off contract disputes. We'll see how he performs. He kept the Giants in the game against Dallas last year, the first game. Um, Evan Neal coming off that uh, Dallas pass rush, coming off a tough rookie campaign. And then the, the rookie corners, too, and Banks and Hawkins. And I'll throw, I'll just throw like, the whole team in there. Why don't I? Bobby O. Bobby O'Karake. Giants finally have a good linebacker, one of our 10 captains giants love to go with 10 captains it's a lot but to each their own 150 tackles last year for the colts um big upgrade over jalen smith and um tay crowder almost forgot his name sam that draft <laughs> that draft if they had if they had just gone Derek, if they had gone jalen ramsey at four and Derek henry if they took jalen smith what kind of difference does that make it makes me sick makes me sick maybe he was a cowboy for a few years that's right yeah you don't remember because he didn't do anything. Right. And much better at Notre Dame. Much better at Notre Dame. Yeah, you're a Notre Dame guy. That's right. Uh, all right. So let's get to our game predictions uh, officially. Brian, as the guest, we'll start with you. Go to Sam and then I'll finish. Are, are we doing pom-poms tonight, guys? We're going to pick our team. Possibly. Uh, yeah. So Dak's like, what, like 10-0 against the Giants last 10 games, right? So you mentioned that Cowboys won loss since 2016. For all his faults, Dak's done really well against the Giants. Again, it's it's always weird 
in the opener because you don't have anything to like build anything on. Like preseason doesn't matter. Last year's out the window. You know, I I, I think that the line makes you want to take the Cowboys minus three and a half. So I think they win by three. Give me the Cowboys by a field goal, 23 20. Well, okay. Well, Low scoring. I don't think we can start off an episode of Big Blue Avenue going up against oh, the Giants. I'm going to pick the Giants in this game, but I do think that the spread is is going to be the spread. But I have 24-21. Uh, Graham Gano just coming in, just being a baller G for us, just kicking a field goal. Giants win. I hope. <laughs> So I'm looking at the Giants injury report. There's not many notable players hurt this week with, you know, Kim Brown, Lawrence Cager, Wandale coming off the ACL. Um, if Tyler Smith plays with the hamstring strain, it's going to be tough. So here's my thing. I've been Giants splitting Dallas this year. I think we're more likely to win at home than on the road being week one. We're very healthy. Um as bad as it sounds, everyone picking their team on the show, I'm going to go with the Giants as well. I have a final score, a little bit higher scoring, 27-24. I think Dallas gets off to an early 7-0 lead, and I think the Giants are able to maneuver and come back like with what they did at Tennessee last season. But I would not be shocked if it goes the other way. In fact, I still think Dallas is the better team and probably wins the NFC East. But um, for the sake of this game, I'm going to go with – Big blue. I, I think the biggest thing for you guys is again, it's this is just a weird year, right? Like, I don't think you should be discouraged if the wins aren't where they were last year, if the team's playing better. Like, it's I know it's odd, but that's football. Like, the schedule dictates so much. Like the, the way you know you, you get a team div- division when they're down against the division when they're difficult. Like, I, I expect the Giants to be a better team, but like I said, I don't think the record might not show it. Yeah, it's very it's very possible, but this is no more than a three point game, in my opinion. Um, I think they've bridged the gap. Um, but, yeah, Brian, I want to thank you so much for joining. Ple- pleasure's it. all on this side of the table. As always, uh, folks, make sure to follow the Sports Box on all their social media platforms. We'll have links in the description below. But as you can see there, at SportsBox underscore BA, that is Brian Tart. Brian, the floor is yours. Anything you want to plug any show specifically that you're on well being this is a new york based show if you happen to be a hockey fan of the only team in new york that matters on the on the ice hey blue truth check it out at, at blue truth sb that's my rangers show i do that once or twice a month hockey seasons on it's coming soon and very quickly which is exciting it's good stuff um october 10th but yes yeah it's it's coming quick i just had to set my hockey fantasy draft for the sunday night before so we know it's coming quick as soon as labor day hits uh but yes follow us on the sports box we'll be doing our sunday morning previews every week for getting you ready for nfl uh i i think we give decent gambling advice from the people that we have because they're kind of degenerates and that's what they do um or fade them whatever you want to do i don't care but at least it's good stuff but uh no like i said we're 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 huge uh fans of rnp keep growling we love seeing it and we're huge fans of the sports box as well. Um, like Brian said before, if for some reason you're not watching the sports box, you can come here. But as always, uh, the sports box is the place to go on football Sunday. Still doing the football Sunday, right? So that's the that's the plan until we get bored of it, and then we'll figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> until we can't stand each other in the morning, that's right. <laughs> we'll figure something else out. 
Brian, thank you so much for joining. Best of luck to your Cowboys. Not not too much luck, but a little bit of luck to your Cowboys this year. LGR. I was making a joke that like probably the best thing that could happen is if like Dak had his own episode of Unsolved Mysteries like disappeared and never was found again. Until (laughs) until until I looked into it, and apparently like if if that were to happen, his estate or whatever would get the cap anyway. So you you can't get out. No way out. Brian's always. I'm only half joking. I'm only half joking. The, fi- the finances are definitely your backyard. Um, it's, so. Listen, the, the sports is a business, kids. I mean, you got to yeah. make the numbers work. The leverage is key. But, Brian, thank you so much. Thank um, you, Brian. Appreciate it. And we'll potentially talk to you the next time the Giants play the Cowboys. Uh, appreciate you coming on. As always, one of our frequent recurring guests, Brian Attard. Thank you so much. Thank, thank you. you. That was Brian Attard from the Sports Box. And Sam, quickly before we sign off, one final thing. Yep. Record predictions for the season from the two Giants fans. I'll start with you here. What is your record prediction for Big Blue? So I feel like everybody kind of falls into this 10 wins for their teams, but I was genuinely looking at the schedule and seeing which of these teams, which one, you know, which of these games are we gonna win and which are they like are we not gonna win? And I have a feeling that we're going to go 10-7. I, I genuinely feel like we're going to have another winning record. We're, we're going to come out. We're going to split most of these divisional games, um, if not sweep, maybe even like the Commanders or someone. But I, I genuinely think that we're going to have a 10-7 record and that it's going to, be, going to be a good year. So I'm looking at the schedule right now. And Brian brought up a lot of good points before. The schedule is tougher this year, Um, but we're still playing third-place teams across multiple divisions. I think the Giants' ceiling is 11-6. and I think their floor is 7-10. and It's not that big of a window, ladies and gentlemen. Um, And I think 7-10 and only happens if everything goes wrong. So I am going to go with 11-6. and But, but that is if everyone stays healthy and that is if we get the Jalen Hyatt train rolling. If John Michael Schmitz is playing, you know, at an above average level for a rookie center, if Deontay Banks does what he did in the preseason, I think we're going to surprise some people. It may not be a win over Philly this year. It won't be a sweep of Dallas, but... A split with Dallas is possible. A split with Philly is not out of the question. So I'm excited to see what the season brings. I know people might be, oh, Tom, you're being a little bit too optimistic. But we have the Cardinals in week two. That's as close to a give me as you can possibly get. Noah predicts two and 15. Uh, our good old troll, Noah Dog Dibler. Oh, um, Noah. Actually, I think the Falcons might win the NFC South this year. What? Yeah, I do. Oh, um, Giants going undefeated. Absolutely not. I would uh, cry. I love that. It will not happen, Anthony. Hate to ruin your dreams there. But that is my prediction, folks. 11 and 6. If you like what you watch, make sure to check us out on our social media platforms Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube at Big Blue Avenue. Appreciate all of your support, comments, questions throughout the night. Sam, this was awesome. Our first show back. Outstanding guest. And I'm just very excited to be back doing this weekly with you. For sure. It's good to be back. It's good to be talking about Giants football. And that, you know, we're, we're back in the swing of things. 
Um, and I'm excited to see how week one plays out. And even if it doesn't play out too well, I'm, I'm confident for this season. I think it's going to be good season at Big Blue Avenue this year. Let's hope. That's all we can hope for. Folks, appreciate you all tuning in tonight. We'll catch you all next Thursday at 7 p.m. We're going to be on a different date next week due to a scheduling conflict, but primarily this season we will be broadcasting Wednesdays at 7 p.m. On behalf of Sam Cardona, I'm Tom Scavetta saying so long. Hope you all enjoy Sunday night's football game. And without further ado, let's go Big Blue.